This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so that's perfect. I pull, we're like reading each other's mind. Perfect segue to where I want to get to. And we're going to get to the defense in a second, but on offense, when you say that about, you know, operating higher levels and getting there. It starts with the two guys that we've talked about seemingly all year, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Number one for Saquon Barkley to have that many touches. Didn't look like his shoulder was laboring at all. Felt like the week off did Saquon a lot of good, Paul. Did you get the same vibe from Saquon? Because at least I absolutely did. In fact, I saw him after the game, right after he came out of the ice bath, before he went inside to talk to the writers uh, at the podium. And uh, he he was pretty tired and, and, and kind of robotic in some of his motions because he took a real load on his shoulders yesterday. But sure. in the game, in the game, that was vintage Saquon. I mean, totally. he, he he did everything. He was He was getting the dirty yards. He was making the cutbacks. He was using his speed. It, it was it was vintage Saquon Barkley. It reminded me a lot of Tiki in 05 versus the Chiefs on that Saturday afternoon game where the Chiefs just could not Good stop call. him at all. That was the Good game call. that came to mind where it was just, it doesn't matter. You know what's coming and you can't stop him and he's shouldering the load. That was the kind of running effort that I saw yesterday out of Saquon. And again, we know the Texans rush defense suspect from the get-go but the Giants' offensive line was extremely physical, and both lines won the line of scrimmage all day yesterday. And with that, I thought the other interesting part of this was Daniel Jones. So now, Daniel Jones had the highest QBR rating in the league uh, yesterday, the highest one of his career, and people get into QBR. Well, he didn't throw that much. I thought Daniel Jones yesterday was another one of those examples where if you're a hater on Daniel Jones, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he didn't go throw for 300 yards. Oh, a bunch of his yards took place on the slate and uh, catch, which, by the way, you know, big plays inflate quarterbacks numbers all the time, catches and runs and everything. What Daniel Jones was able to do yesterday when asked upon being put in such predictable third down passing situations and completing those at such a high percentage, finding the open receivers coming out of the, I, I just, I thought that Daniels was in the red zone. I thought Daniel Jones just saw the field so well yesterday. And again, you go back to that slate and catch and run, rewatch and rewatch that play and think about how hard a throw that is for Daniel Jones to make as he's falling down. Uh, I just think another a plus effort from Daniel Jones. And Oh, by the way, He's thrown one real interception this year, that week one versus the Titans, uh, where Dable got in his face. Since then, you know, he's had David Sills fall down versus Dallas. He's not turning the ball over. Everybody screamed about Daniel Jones turning the ball over. He ain't turning it over, and the Giants are winning games. All right, let's see. 
He has now gone six consecutive games without an interception, and that is a career-long streak for him. He has three fumbles during the course of this season. That's it. Um, And yesterday, 13 out of 17, I actually charged uh, Galladay with two drops. The first one where he only got one hand on it, uh, I think that should have been a drop. Paul, it should have been a drop. He did. He, it looked like, at least the eyes. And again, I don't know what's going on with Galladay. And I had eye ups for him. It was as if he didn't extend at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, not to even me, an effort. And there's thing. nobody around him, Sean. So to me, not only does he have to fully extend, you got to lunge and dive for that ball. Make yeah, it he's heading towards the sideline. He's heading towards the sideline. Lay out a so, little bit. So I don't know what's going on there. So I charged him with a drop on that. A drop on the one that was point blank right in his chest. And then I charged Myrick with a drop on that flat pass to the right sideline. So 13 out of 17 with three drops. I mean, listen, folks, if you want to keep criticizing Daniel Jones, criticize his haircut because you don't like it. Don't criticize his play. I like his haircut. And by the way, there was what, and this is where you credit Daniel Jones. Watch quarterbacks across the league. Patrick Mahomes misses throws. Josh Allen turned the ball over left and right in the fourth quarter yesterday. Daniel Jones missed one throw yesterday. One throw that was the play to slate, slate. over the middle. Of slate. Yeah, exactly. If you That's can it. sit here, if you can sit here after a giant game and actually say, ah, you know the one throw Jones missed? The one. The one. If that's what you're saying and that's what you're using to critique him, well, then there's no reason critiquing him. You're literally saying he missed one play in the game. Every quarterback misses a play here. That It's I don't bananas. Know, it's insanity. Uh, How much more does he out. have to do, Sean? How much more know. does he have to do? And by the but way, do that- I don't believe in pure numbers, but that, that quarterback rating yesterday was the sixth highest game ever in New York Giants yeah. franchise history. Let's just put that out there. He played incredible. And so with that, and when you want to talk about making plays versus teams, good teams and playing better, right? Clearly, they are going to run into teams and defenses that can stop the run a little better. I mean, we've seen Saquon have slow first halves in games where teams see what Saquon's doing coming and the Giants have a slow start to a game. Those games are going to happen again. What I'm seeing out of Daniel Jones is Maybe we're not showing a lot in the first half. I think Wandell Robinson, I'd like to see him more involved because I think he could be clearly a weapon. And we saw a little moment yesterday. We've seen the tight end game going on here. I think that three things were established yesterday for me going forward and looking ahead to some of these, you know, cream of the crop games the Giants are going to have coming up. Number one, Paul, you, you have no choice now but to trust Darius Slayton. When called upon during this entire stretch, Darius Slayton has made plays. I mean, that play yesterday was incredible. You never see a big play like that. Breaking tackles, his speed is an absolute weapon. That's number one. Number two, you know what? One week off a bye coming in, coming into this team, and I know he knows the coaching staff, Isaiah Hodgins looked like a player at the wide receiver position for the Giants yesterday. Okay, and matter of fact, when he caught the first pass he caught, I thought it was Kenny Galladay, right? I see the number 18. It looked like a 19 on TV. He's got the same, you know, tall body type. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Hodgins to me, and I'm not telling you he's going to go out there and be Plaxico Burris. What I saw in just those two spurts, reliable hands, a guy who clearly can run the route tree, a bigger body, not the Smurfs that you've been alluding to, Paul. Isaiah Hodgins to me has a chance to be part of the solution to a Giants problem at the receiving game and plays a little complimentary football to what Darius Slayton provides and what Wandell Robinson provides. And I look at those three and go, if those three are healthy, you know what? That's a threesome I can live with here. And uh, and then the third point I was going to make, and you mentioned the Galladay, the first drop, 
That second drop is completely unacceptable. The coaching staff gave him every opportunity to earn his role back. He was playing so many snaps in that first half. And right. look, there are guys in this team that are just playing better, and Hodgins is one of those yep. guys. So when I looked at it, you know, going forward, the Giants have an ability to make plays through the air in the second half versus these teams. You know, look, again, they may not have Justin Jefferson out there or A.J. Brown, but Slayton, potentially Hodgins, Robinson to go along with play action but to work with Barkley. The Giants are going to have that ability and opportunity if the coaching staff trusts Daniel Jones to play versus some of these teams and go make plays through the air. All right, let me uh, go back in reverse here for just a second because okay. I think it's very important to take note of what you just said. Number one, doesn't need any expansion at all. But but your second and third points are, are very interesting because um, as far as Galladay is concerned, this is another example of the players in the locker room looking at a head coach and trying to figure out, does he mean what he says when – he proclaims that you have to earn your snaps. Well, Galladay's practiced really well the last couple of weeks. They gave him a chance in the first half. He failed to produce. He comes out of the game. Doesn't right. that indicate the coach means what he says? Absolutely. Just further Absolutely. enhancing the trust that this team has in their coaching staff. I think that is incredibly valuable, Sean. Yeah, the other and, thing and I would way, add. And, go ahead. And before before you add anything, and this is just a minor caveat to that, talking about Dable, that point about the trust in the coach goes into his, you know, rant on the sideline screaming at Jack Anderson for the penalty because yes. because you don't see Dable doing that often. Just like when Daniel Jones threw the interception mm -hmm. in week one in Nashville, when you see him exploding on Jack Anderson there, when Brian Dable needs to get his point across, it doesn't eventually become white noise or ambient noise because he's not doing it yelling and screaming all the time. And I think that's important to getting a message across that the coach means business, and it ties into the Galladay benching. When he speaks, people listen. Yep. And that's, that's what you have to have in the locker room. Okay? And there was transparency. He said that he told Mike Grohl, the receiver's coach at halftime, to go tell Galladay he's sitting down. They, they're they very clear. They're very right there. They wear it all on their sleeve. Yep. They tell everybody what's going on, and they follow through. All right. Back to your second point about Hodgins. This is a guy who I find it's interesting. Three years at Oregon State, you're right. He's a skyscraping receiver, only runs in the four sixes. But I think what's interesting to me, is that in his last year at Oregon State, he caught over 80 passes for like 1,100-something yards, okay? He was productive, but didn't get a whole lot of hoopla when he came out of school. Now, the interesting part for me is that the Giants have Robert Foster, who we've all thought of with the Bills' connection as the taller, speedier kind of receiver that Dable and Shane insisted on bringing down from the Bills. Right. And yet, and yet, even when they brought him back a couple of weeks ago to the practice squad, what happened when Hodgson's was available? They signed him immediately off waivers to the 53, and he right. jumped Robert Foster. What does that tell you about what they think about this guy? Because not only did he immediately come off of waivers, because when you come off waivers, you have to go 53. You can't go practice squad. Right. But they knew that they wanted this guy on the 53. That's why they put the claim in. And then he goes and plays, what was it, 40% of the snaps yesterday? Yeah, I couldn't believe right the Right out of the box. 
Could not believe that tells down. you what they think of him, Sean. Well, Some, also must something, tell something's there. Uh, Paul, I was going to tell you, must also tell you that despite, you know, forget the catch and the passes, they must trust him in the run game blocking as well because that was something David Sills did well, something Kenny yeah. Golladay has done well. So if they're going to throw him full in there, and we saw how many times they ran, it wasn't like he played all those snaps and they were only passing downs. I mean, he clearly was out there on rundowns, Paul. And and with that, think about this just the, the best way to say, you know, should by the you way, be excited about it? was 62%, about- 62% of the snaps, by the way. It's a lot, okay? So now... The best way to simplify this Hodgins thing, and again, I don't know what he's going to become, but clearly the coaching staff likes him. And clearly I saw a guy with reliable hands. We've seen a lot of drops this year, right? I mean, wasn't a big complaint before the bye? A lot of drops. Isaiah Hodgins I went think I two got plays. him for 25 drops this year. Yeah, okay, so he didn't drop two, those two pulls down. Maybe they're coming. But I will tell you this, the simplest way to look at it, we all talk about this giant receiving core. Would Stefan Diggs be the Giants' number one receiver if he was acquired today? He would be. Would Gabe Davis be the Giants' number one receiver today? If he was acquired, he would be. Would McKenzie, the third receiver in Buffalo, be the number one receiver in the Giants? I got news for you. He would be. They're all better than Darius Slayton. They're all better than Kenny Galladay at this point. I'm really not counting Wondell Robinson, you know, rookie second round of slot. The reason I say that is this is who Isaiah Hodgins was buried behind. Teams are allowed to have, you know, reliable guys build depth, and the Bills had built that. Just because Isaiah Hodgins wasn't running around all over the place playing all these snaps with the Bills doesn't mean, oh, he must suck. The Bills couldn't get him on the field. No, no. It means the Bills are so freaking deep and dynamic at wide receiver that it became a numbers game. We're not deep and dynamic at wide receiver. Guys are allowed to leave places where they're buried and be really good elder places. It does happen in the NFL. Uh, by the way, there was a point in time the Giants had Cam Wake in camp and cut him, and he eventually became a great Dolphin pass rusher. That happened. So the Giants, again, maybe I'm getting way ahead of the curve here, but the point is the Giants might have something. That's what I'm trying to say. The Giants might have something here. And thank goodness that they did.